the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Boy, I cannot wait to talk to you today. I want to take, we have a couple of guests. I have David French joining us here in a second. And I, I want to hear from you today. Do you feel a little manipulated, betrayed, used? You think this is some grand master strategy? What? How are you feeling today? If you're a fan of both President Trump and the Second Amendment, how are you feeling? I'm sure the NRA feels a little used. Yesterday, the president sat down with congressional Democrats and Republicans to discuss ideas on how to prevent more mass shootings, something we should be doing. But how do we describe this other than an absolute constitutional nightmare? Trump took an extreme, <laughs> just an extreme hard left against the second, the fifth, the 14th, and I believe the fourth amendment. I mean, this is what we expected uh, from other presidents, from the last president, right? That's what we expected. He didn't do it. In fact, what happened yesterday made President Obama look like Calvin Coolidge. This is an actual quote from the meeting. Take the guns first, then go through due process second. End quote. The president then proceeded to dump on the NRA, shoot down any idea of national concealed carry reciprocity. Say it for me. I can reciprocity. How did I ever get on the radio? I have no idea. No one else does either. If you're a gun owner or if you're a fan of the Constitution, this was the worst thing you would expect a U.S. president to say. Again, we expected this from Obama, but never expecting him to say it out loud in public. This guy did. And the reason why President Obama would have never said this in public if he believed that is because he knew every single person in the conservative media, every Republican, many NRA members who are Democrats would have called for his impeachment. Oh, let's just skip due process. Um, let's see. Mussolini comes to mind. China comes to mind. Where else do we have this system? North Korea has a good system. Well, just forget about due process. Now, here's the thing. Some people believe and some people are making excuses. Some people are saying, yeah, but he was talking about the mentally ill. Okay. Do you remember when we all went to bat for the president? When the headlines in the New York Times said things like Trump just made it easier for mentally ill people to buy guns. No, no, that's not what happened. What they were referring to was an Obama-era regulation mandating that people receiving disability payments from Social Security, which doesn't make you mentally ill, or receiving assistance to manage their benefits, their benefits, not their checkbook, their benefits, would have been reported to the federal gun background check system. It locked out tens of thousands of people, elderly people, from buying guns, not based on their mental capacity, but on the basis of being classified by the government in a certain way. Now, I don't think that was the original intent, but you can see how handling the issue of who is mentally ill and who isn't is a very slippery slope. Mike Pence yesterday was right. We have to figure this issue out. Nobody wants guns in the hands of mentally ill people. 
nobody, everybody that I know, every NRA member that I know thinks that the, the sheriff should have taken the guns away. I don't know, maybe on the third call. We have to figure this out. But eliminating due process and, nutri- uh, uh, and neutering the Constitution is not the way to do it. You can't seize someone's property. You are guaranteed due process. Well, it takes a long time. That's the point. So we just aren't a lynch mob. Forget for just a second. That this is all about guns. Replace guns with literally any other issue and read back the words. Take action first and then go through due process second. Throw him in jail. We all know he's going to murder. That's not who we are. That's how tyranny is born. I guess the good news here is that Trump has said, just bat crap crazy things in the past. Oh, I want a clean DACA bill, but it never materialized. So either Trump is pulling off some extreme master negotiating strategy, combining the art of war with his own book, The Art of the Deal, or he doesn't know what he's talking about, and his gut reaction is not based in the Constitution. He was giving Democrats in the room what they wanted to hear. Either way, whether he's, you know, playing, I saw this online last night. He's playing four-dimensional chess. Please. Please. We're not going to see anything come of this, but this should be a huge red flag. We, if Obama would have said this, we would have been organizing ourselves in the streets We either stand for the Constitution, stand by the rule of law, or we do not. We either call people out when they are wrong, no matter what side they're on, or we have no principles. So, you know, the Second Amendment is not going anywhere. But everybody should be calling the president out on this today. Support him when he is right. But call him out when he is wrong. And yesterday, he was very, very, very wrong. It's Thursday, March 1st. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. David French, who is a senior fellow of the National Review, uh, is uh, joining us now. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I've been better. I've been better. (laughs) Yesterday had to come as kind of a surprise to you because uh, you're a guy who is is authoring some of the bills they were talking about yesterday. Well, yesterday, it was one of those moments when uh, somebody takes an idea that you've been talking about, twists it, distorts it, misstates it in such a grotesque way that it's unrecognizable. (laughs) Um, it was really an amazing moment. Um, so you had Mike Pence talking about, in a very responsible and sane and sober way, this right. concept of a gun violence restraining order, right. um, which allows people uh, to 
seek an order from a court and with due process, uh, with a hearing, uh, when someone is exhibiting dangerous behavior to allow a temporary seizure of their guns when there's red flags. And in the vast, vast majority of these mass shootings, there have been red flags. And a lot of times people haven't had the tools to do anything about it. Right, right. This changes that. And then Trump stepped in and said, no, no, no. Take the guns first, then do process. And you just, uh, you know, he did. He did say, he said, you know, there is a different system. Take take the guns first and then do process. And I I believe that system is fascism, authoritarianism, (laughs) totalitarianism, communism. I mean, there is another system, David. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know. He, his views on due process are really interesting. Um, so if you're a credibly accused wife beater in the White House, um, well, then due process. But if you're um, a law-abiding gun owner, then no due process. So it's a very strange system, uh, a very strange uh, strain of constitutional thinking there. Uh, but, yeah, it, you know, look, the bottom line is he's not drafting a bill. He's not proposing the bill. Uh, he doesn't really know about any of this in no. any detail. I mean, when he so was we, when he was saying that Toomey, Toomey was afraid of the NRA, it shows you have no idea. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that was stunning to me about you, well, you know, I, I, I am on record many times for having low expectations of this president. Yes. Um, but he underperformed even my low expectations yesterday. And, and the reason is that the NRA has been probably his most loyal conservative friend. Um, the NRA has been relentless for him. Uh, a lot of people have criticized the NRA for taking a turn, perceived turn towards Trumpism, where they're you know, promoting the president as much as they're promoting their, you know, the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And so the NRA has been ferociously loyal. To Trump and and yesterday he not only said hey take the guns first do process second he he um, essentially said no no concealed carry reciprocity he made fun of a senator for being in uh, in the uh, pocket of the NRA or being scared of the NRA and then he flew with the idea of an assault weapons ban all in the space of about thirty minutes and my jaw hit the floor it, it was um, you know it was an amazing thing to see so so David the a lot of people will say nothing's going to come of this. So don't worry. This was so jaw dropping that, I mean, I've said this for years, long before Donald Trump, you have to have a guy in the oval office whose natural first instinct is constitutional. That is that it is freedom based. For instance, when you have a problem, you know, who also didn't get due process the Japanese as they were put onto a bus for an internment camp. I mean, when there is a trouble, when there's trouble and you are not based in the constitution, that, that is an, that is a moment that could go horribly awry as it has in the past here in America. When the president says, well, I'm not really afraid of the NRA. I don't think in 2021, he'll be afraid of anybody and if we have trouble this is a giant red flag 
Right. And, you know, so not only is it a red flag on on pure policy grounds, in other words, how does the president exercise the powers of his office? It's also, look, the bully pulpit matters. You know, this this is a a novel theory on the part of of many parts of the conservative public that what the president says doesn't really matter, Mm -hmm. um, which is just a rationalization and an excuse. Uh, The bully pulpit matters when you're talking about the person with perhaps the greatest uh, public platform in the world, and they're indifferent at best to the Constitution. They're obviously here, seem to really not care about the Second Amendment all that much. Um, Those things matter, especially when the other side is locked in. I mean, the other side is locked in on messaging. It is locked in, uh, has extraordinary party discipline right now. I believe it was, what, 156 of the 193 members of Congress signed on, uh, Democratic members of Congress signed on to the assault weapons ban legislation that was just uh, introduced. So the other side is focused and locked in. And, you know, when the bully pulpit is occupied by somebody uh, who is not as focused, focused, not as locked in, and apparently indifferent to core constitutional values, that's a problem. We want to talk to we're talking to David French. We want to talk to him about a story that he wrote in The Atlantic. What what critics don't understand about the gun culture. We'll go there here in a second. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Liberty Safe. Uh, Liberty Safe not only makes great safes, but they make them here in America and they make it easy to own one. LibertySafe.com. You can now buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest free payments with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Liberty Safe, peace of mind, lifetime warranty, in-home delivery service, all unmatched in the industry. When you do buy a Liberty Safe... May I suggest you buy a bigger one than you think you need, because uh, the number one complaint about Liberty Safe is, quote, I should have bought a bigger one. That's exactly what happened to me. It's what happened to to Pat. Well, not Stu, because he wants it as small as possible, because some strange reason his wife's purses be a man. Uh, there's a, a, a I totally disagree with your analysis on this. Be I want it as big as possible because <laughs> the, there's a lot of purses. <laughs> Anyway, have it installed in your home right now with 12 months interest-free payments and as low as $20 a month on approved credit. You need to act now and protect what you value most. Your valuables are always protected with a Liberty Safe. LibertySafe.com, the best-built safes on the planet. Go there now, LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. David French, who has just written an a, uh, article for The Atlantic, what critics don't understand about the gun culture. And he, he really tried to reach out to the other side and say, look, I, I know there are people that don't understand uh, guns or the gun culture. Uh, let me try to demystify this a little bit so you can at least understand the other side. David, um, can you take us through this uh, rather quickly? Yeah, absolutely. So. What I wanted to do was uh, talk to folks. The Atlantic readers are, are mainly uh, progressives, uh, and I wanted to walk them through how you uh, how a person enters gun culture and how it begins often with an actual threat or a perceived threat where you realize that the police can't protect your family in time and how actually walking through that process of buying a gun, learning to use the gun, going to concealed carry permit class, getting training, 
actually brings you into a new community of folks and bring and, and also changes your outlook on life in a significant and a positive way. And so I wanted people to understand that this, this isn't a product of like NRA lobbying or, or congressional actions. It's a product of people's lived experience and how they respond to threats to their safety and their family's safety. Uh, it just, I just wanted to, uh, to connect people with sort of the real story of people's lives. Yeah, you know, I just had a friend of mine uh, say yesterday, Glenn, I, I mean, uh, I'm not worried about my family and I don't, it's just not part of anything. I don't worry about any of this. Well, some of us do. And uh, yeah. some people, mainly Hollywood and people like me, have the money to be able to have an armed security guy with him the whole time. Um, but that's not the average person. I mean, my daughter, you know, if she had a stalker, sh- she would want a gun. And I, and I will tell you this, <clears throat> I, am, uh, I am somebody who felt I was not responsible enough to own a gun, what, 20 years ago. Uh, and I had to, you know, I had to have serious threats in my life. And the gun was the last step that I took myself. And then I really took it seriously and became responsible enough to own a gun. And, I, I, you know, I know everybody isn't like that, but they should be. And in, in, in your article, you, you point out that we were, as gun owners, we're horrified by the, the, the killer in, uh, you know, at the high school um, having these guns and all of the warning flags and the system failed. And we were horrified here in Texas when the system failed. Right. Right. Exactly. It, you know, there's this perception, odd, strange. I mean, how, how evil do you think your fellow citizens have to be to believe that you, you're indifferent to what happened in Texas? But you get that rhetoric all the time that people who belong to the NRA have blood on their hands, that they belong to a terrorist organization. And the fact of the matter is, as I related in my piece, I'm not, I'm not somebody who can afford armed security around my family. Uh, a guy came to our house. He blocked our driveway. He walked straight up to my wife and kids when they were in the backyard. And I was, and the police and I were, were many minutes away demanding to see me. He had this oddly had an empty holster at his hip. He was, he had just been driving slowly through my kid's school. I mean, this is, so this thing, fo- this kind of thing, focuses the mind pretty, uh, pretty intense, intensely, yeah. and and that's what you know. It's those kinds of things, and and look, you know, there's a lot of people who are not in the public square, who are not out there tweeting and writing and uh, doing TV appearances. That you know, maybe it's an ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. maybe it's they live in a dangerous part of town, mm-hmm. maybe you know, there's all there's a lot of reasons why people quite reasonably say, you know. When the police can't be there instantly and the police can't be there everywhere, I, I kind of need a first line of defense. So and that is not unreasonable at all. I, um, I've, I've got about 45 seconds here, David. Can you tell me, have you, what has the response been from those who read this? I would say overwhelmingly positive. Uh, of course, some people have been very angry. One person said it was like white privilege on steroids, something like Whatever. that. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, but overwhelmingly positive. Not so much that they say, "Oh, I want to join." You know, I want to go buy a gun. But it's yeah, just, okay, I get this. That's all. That's this. all we have to do. And look, we're never going to we're never going to convince. Nor do I think we have to really make the effort to go after the most staunch, you know, people who are against it right. because they're never going to change their mind. But we yeah. have to try to reach people so they at least hear the reasonable, rational argument on the other side. 
and we can learn from them. They can learn from us. And maybe we can pursue, uh, you know, truly common sense things uh, that will will protect our families and protect our children in school. David French, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, to um, to be able to advance, um, we need to reach out to each other. I, I um, uh, you know, talking to David French. David French has not changed a single point of view of of his uh in his principles he's a constitutionalist he's a small government freedom guy and um he's getting heat from from some people for reaching out just like i get heat look at what he's look at what he's just done he's tried to frame and tried to reach out to reasonable people. Now, people would say, well, the Atlantic, that's not reasonable. Well, maybe the Atlantic isn't. I don't know the people at the Atlantic. But perhaps some of the readers are. We must change our, our, our thinking. We are not believing in anyone. We don't believe in anyone, let alone people on our own side. I don't believe in anybody anymore. I don't have faith in anybody anymore. Well, we, we have to have faith in our neighbors. And, and we either believe that there is no one on the other side that actually cares about rights, that actually cares about the Constitution and the country and the founders. We either believe that there is no one on the other side that believes that, uh, and that leads us to what? To where does that lead us? A split country? Uh, how do you win with that? Extermination camps? We either believe that, and that doesn't lead any place good, or we believe that, you know what? There's, A, a lot of misguided people out there. There's a lot of people that I don't understand. There's a lot of people that probably agree with me, but I haven't talked to them. Or, you know, and on top of that, there's maybe 20%, 10%, 20% that just really do not care about the country. You know, when, when, when you're talking about the left and the right, I think there's 10%. But let's be, let's be really pessimistic. There's 20% on both sides that don't care about the Constitution. They only care about winning their way. They take totalitarianism if that's what it takes. I don't believe there's 40% of America that believes that, but let's just say that leaves 60% of us who are now watching this, this, this cartoon and saying, this is ridiculous. This is what... what, what the, we, there's common sense things we can do to protect our children. And you know what? One of them is to make sure that crazy people don't have guns. So we could do due process and do what the Americans always do. And that is, hey, 
if family members think that there is a problem, you can go to court and have their guns temporarily taken away because there's a problem. There's domestic abuse, abuse, or there's a situation like there was in Florida, and you can go to court and say, look, we believe this guy is a danger to himself and to others. We need to make sure he has no access to guns, that he does not have guns. And then the court says, okay, for six months or whatever it is, yes, then you have to come back and renew it. Otherwise, his guns come back. That's called due process. I believe everybody would be for something like that. It would, the devil is in the details, but we're reasonable. But how are you going to get there if we're just yelling at each other? If we're not trying to reach out? Do you want to live in a world where you believe the worst of the other side? Think of this with us. Stop thinking about, yeah, but. Just think about this with us. Are you the person they describe on television? Because I'm not. And I don't think you are either. So why do we believe that they're the ones that we hear people describe on television as well? I just want to read a couple of comments that came in because I read a letter yesterday on the air from a guy who said, look, I don't agree with you at all, but you've given me hope that this can go beyond politics, that there are reasonable people who are just as disgusted by what's going on in Washington as I am, even though we're on the other side. Here are some of the comments. Glenn, people on the left hate it hate our country, hate us, and are trying to destroy it. They hate Christians. They hate fiscal conservatives. They hate constitutionalists and law-abiding citizens. We're not trying to win, Glenn. We're trying to keep a republic together. Okay. If you believe that half of the country hates us, what's our solution? What's the solution? It, it has to be either we divide the states or we conquer them somehow or another. And how are you going to conquer them? Well, you can conquer them through force. Or you can reach out and try to understand and try to build a relationship that we had. These are the neighbors that we used to love and cherish and trust 10 years ago. You know, people say to me, uh, you've changed. My principles haven't changed at all. Not one bit. Not one bit. But my understanding of how to navigate in this world has changed dramatically. And if you haven't changed in the last 10 years, I just want to know how. Because everything around you has changed. How have you not changed your your? your outlook on how to solve this problem. Because what we were doing, you know, eight years ago, isn't, wasn't working. It wasn't working. Okay, so are we just going to keep doing the same thing? Are we just going to keep shouting people down? And, and I know that's what people say the left did. And then the left will say that's what the right did. I don't care anymore. I don't care who started it. I don't care. I just want to solve it. 
And I won't solve it by by, you know, going back on my principles. If you don't have principles, you have nothing. If we don't have the Constitution, we have nothing. I was reading these comments and people were like, um, uh, here, uh, one liberal argument against the Bill of Rights I often hear is that the Bill of Rights was just an afterthought and it was only approved because they were tired of hearing about it. Seriously, they're all that ignorant to believe it. Well, first of all, there's a little bit of truth in that. We had the Constitution and then because everybody was afraid the government was going to violate these rights, they decided let's put them down on paper. Let's let's show people, let's demonstrate to them that the government will never do these things. So there is some truth to that. Now, maybe it's just a, a miscommunication, the way you've heard it phrased. But that is generally true. But it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. It was self-evident at the time. Everybody knew that, yeah, we're not going to take away guns. We're not going to do, you know, we're, you have a freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, everything else. And people said, I don't know. I don't trust you. Okay, fine. Then I'll write it down. And it's a good thing they did. Because it was James Madison that put in the Sedition Act. Our second president said, by the way, you say anything bad about me or the government and you're going to jail. Thank goodness we had written it down. Because it isn't always self-evident when people get into power. How could James or, or John Adams of all people one of our patriots, how could he violate the Constitution with a Sedition Act? Because when you get power, you suddenly believe, I know better than everybody else. I know, I know how to fix this. I know better than everybody. I'm here to tell you, I don't have any talent on loan from God. I, I, I struggle with the same problems that you struggle with of my family, raising my children, how to deal with the Internet in my life with my children, how to deal with it with me. Struggle with my job, struggle with money, all of it. It's the same. The problem comes when when people think they know. When they have power and they become arrogant. We have become arrogant in another way. We've become arrogant. We, we think we know who the other side is until we talk to them. Now, I'm not talking about, I'll give you 20% of both sides. I ain't talking to Nazis and I'm not talking to communists because they are sad. Now, I will I'll reach out and say, hey, you know, this really is not right. I, you're open. I'm open to talking to you about it. I'm not going to compromise my principles, but I, and I don't think you're going to either. We may be two ships that are just never going to meet. But I'm not going to write off 60% of America. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's 80%. I'm not willing to say that my friends and neighbors who vote differently than I do don't understand government just can't come in and seize something 
The government can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take away this or I'm going to put you in jail without due process. You know, when you really talk to people and you say, OK, so let's talk about background checks. Background checks, 97 percent of Americans say, yeah, we should have background checks. Ninety seven percent. However, those numbers start to fall apart when you when you get down to the nitty gritty on what is included in that. Should that background check have access to your doctor information? So if you're seeing a psychiatrist, should that show up on your background check? Well, I don't know. Now, wait a minute. That's starting to get a little dicey. We, we really need to have conversations with each other. And we need to understand that they feel the same way about us. They feel the vicious, vitriolic attacks. We've seen it. We've lived it. We've lived it on their side. Well, you may not be attacking them. You may not be saying those things. But others who are, you know, wrapping themselves as I'm a conservative Christian, too. Those and I've seen them. You've seen them. Conservatives just vicious and nasty and rumor mongering. You see it, too. That's not who we are. But that's who they think we are, because we also think they're nasty. And they can't understand. I'm not like that. I go to baseball games with my kids just like everybody else. I'm not like that. Let's, have, let's start having adult conversations. Let's start having um, hard conversations where, where they're, we're a little uncomfortable because it's out of our comfort zone. We have to start having those if we want to be able to fix, fix reason in her seat find reason we have to start having those conversations with people that make us a little uncomfortable everybody everybody um who is hiring knows that i mean you have to find the right people uh for the right job and you don't have a lot of time usually uh, and so sometimes you're just like, oh, geez, I, I know that right person is out there. How do I find them? You can post your job online and pray that the right people are going to see it. But ZipRecruiter has a smarter way. They built a platform that actually goes out and searches for the candidate for you. ZipRecruiter looks, uh, knows what you're looking for. It learns what you're looking for, identifies the people with the right experience, and then invites them to apply for your job. The invitations have, have made it possible. 80% of the people who post a job on ZipRecruiter get the quality candidate through the site in the first day. ZipRecruiter also doesn't stop there. They also spotlight the strongest applications that you receive so you never miss a great match. It's ZipRecruiter. Find them today. Find that person who's looking for you and you're looking for them. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck and you can try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. of ammunition and a powerful AR-15. Assault rifles out of the hands of people. I want this to be the end of the Second Amendment. 
The latest school shooting has ignited the gun debate. Now more than ever, you need to know the facts. Get Control, exposing the truth about guns on Amazon and wherever books are sold. I really want to take uh, phone calls next hour. Let me let me take Joe quickly in uh, Massachusetts. Hello, Joe. Hi, Glenn. Hi. Um, the 20% on either side, Yeah. Um, you, you throw them out the window. You're right. It doesn't matter. The problem with the 60%, and I, I live in Massachusetts, I know, Yeah. Uh, they don't want to be educated. They're ignorant and they don't. They don't have the time, they don't care, whatever, but they just run to whoever says what they want to hear. And it's, it's not an issue of taking a side, it's an issue of them just, they want to have their life, and they're so used to the government being involved that it just is the way it is anymore. So, Joe, could you say that they probably feel the same way, that there are some in that 60% that feel the same way about the Republicans, because I can tell you that I think there's a lot of Republicans that fit in that category as well as Democrats. No, I agree. I agree. So I'm saying just the, the average people in the middle, I don't know how you we, reach them. Cause I, I, we reached, I mean, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of people in Massachusetts who aren't rabid leftists, but right. they're so used to the government. It's just, Oh, that's the way it's always sure. Been. So, but the only way to be able to make an impact, the only way, is to be able to live your life with principles, credibility, and stability, and then reach out and be friends with people and talk to people. Not everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon. We just have to start Glenn, believing back. that there's, there's worth in every individual. She was never a Washington girl. Never. She didn't even care about politics. And yet she became one of the most powerful people in Washington, D.C. Her name is Hope Hicks. She was Trump's communications director. She was one of the longest serving advisors and arguably uh, Trump's most trusted aide. She had often had the challenging job of talking him down from an angry tweet or redirecting his attention elsewhere. She corralled the press uh, to you know, get on message. When they were at odds with each other, which was all the time, apparently, in the White House, and she would bring them together. Hey, press department, come together. Many of the staff viewed her as a protector against Trump's outbursts, uh, you know, like a, uh, an older sister shielding her little brother from the father's wrath. But yesterday, Hicks appeared to have had enough. She told the president that she was resigning. Now, was this an angry thing? I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, I've read things, yes, and I've read things, no. I don't know. Her resignation came a day after she testified for eight hours before the House Intelligence Committee. She told a panel that in her job, she had been occasionally been required to tell little white lies, but she had never lied about anything connected to the investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 election. Now, was were people at the White House happy about that? I'm sure not. But she's not a Washington politician. Her revelation to the panel isn't really shocking, and I, I don't think it was the impetus for her leaving the White House. She's a 29-year-old former model who wanted to work in fashion. I doubt she had any aspirations of becoming the communications director. Then I'll rule the world. 
by all accounts, it sounds like she just took a job, her job in stride. It didn't seem like it was her dream to be there. She thought she could serve. She did. The limelight and the scrutiny of the House Intelligence Committee and her relationship with Rob Porter made public appeared to have pushed her to end something she really never wanted to start. When she leaves the White House in a couple of weeks, she's going to escape relatively unscathed. She, by all accounts, did a good job. She, she didn't stay to see her reputation get dragged through the dirt like so many before her. Trump has stated many times... Uh, that Hicks is very smart. And I believe he's telling the truth. It's Thursday, March 1st. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. I'm glad you're here. I want to hear from you today, because yesterday was a crazy day constitutionally, a crazy day politically. I've, I've, I, I mean, I expected the kind of words that came out of Donald Trump's mouth yesterday on live television. I expected those coming out of the mouth of President Obama behind closed doors, something that he would have never said. Uh, but I never expected to hear them from a president who was on the Republican side and had the backing of the NRA and and is 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 heading the, the supposedly the party that cares about the Constitution. It was pretty unique. It's interesting too. the defense seems to be that he doesn't really mean it. He just says these things in these moments, and then he winds up ending up in the right place, which, I, you know, has, has been true in the past and hopefully is true here again. Uh, you know, we're going to be critical of, of his words when he says, says these things about the Second As Amendment. As we have to be. You are listening to a show that cares more about the Second Amendment than any politician. We care more about the Second Amendment than the feelings of any Republican or I'm Democrat. Gonna, I'm going to go. I'm, I care more about all of the uh, Bill of Rights. Yes, and, I, I, and, I, and the the, the amendments than any politician, all of them. Yeah, I mean that's the, this is a show that that cares about principles more than personalities. You know, that's if you don't like that show, there's plenty of shows that do the other thing. Yep. Um, so, but I it, it, I think there's a good chance that Donald Trump, who's not, he's never been a gun aficionado. He's not. He doesn't live in that culture. He has. I mean, you or could tell. Do we have or, the? Uh, we have some of the audio here. Should we go through some of this? Because yeah, I mean, he clearly doesn't have a an idea of what the de- what has happened in the debate for let's say the past five years. The biggest, probably the biggest thing in the past five years after Sandy Hook was the Mansion Toomey Amendment uh, that they tried to push through, which would have tightened gun control. It's basically the reason why Pat Toomey is not considered a big tea partier anymore he was basically kicked out of the tea party movement uh even though the rest of his record's pretty darn good i mean it, toomey's been a pretty good senator with the exception of guns and the right rightly i think took him on and said i don't like the way you're trying to compromise here you're pushing too far we can't let these rights be infringed so they pushed back on that pretty hard yesterday trump talking to pat toomey who he seems multiple times to have no idea that Pat Toomey proposed a gun control measure in the very recent past. Yes. 
He actually thinks Toomey is afraid of the NRA. Listen to this exchange. Mr. President, you're absolutely right. You can lead on this in a way that nobody else can, because for all of those Americans out there that the Second Amendment is so critically important to them, they believe you, that you're, that you're not going to go into their home and take their firearms. So you have a credibility that nobody else can bring to this. That's why you can lead. Maybe you've heard my call. You act when you see an opportunity to save life. We're all, I mean, yeah, I'm going to leave, but we're all going to leave. We're going to get this done in a bipartisan manner. I'm not even worried about 60 votes. I really believe that 60 votes, 60 percent, meaning, it should be so easy. It should be a a hundred percent. Krista, do you have something? No, no, no. I just, I think you underestimate the power of the gun lobby. No, no, I'll tell you what. The reason I had lunch with the NRA on Sunday. I called them. I said, you got to come over. I said, fellas, we got to do something. And they do have great power. I agree with that. They have great power over you people. They have less power over me. I don't need it. I don't, what do I need? But they, but I tell you, they are well-meaning. And I said, wow. they're very nice. I said, fellas, we got to do something. We can't keep restricting and we can't keep, we have to do what's right. When it comes to mental health and other issues, I said, we have to do what's right. And I'm telling you, I think they're there. I think they're there. Some of you people They've are petrified of the NRA. You can't be petrified. They want to do what's right, and they're going to do what's right. I really believe that. That was another time where he said, to, you know, he was taking on the senators for the NRA and the congressman. But again, Trump is, I'll defend Trump on this point quite a bit, which is, you know, the NRA has been incredibly loyal. David French pointed that out last uh, um, uh, hour. You pointed it out as well. And it's true. The NRA has been incredibly loyal to Trump. Um, that being said, I have absolutely no problem with a president taking on an advocacy group that has sided with them in the past. No, that's I exactly no what I want out yeah, of a president. Me too. Me I mean, too. If Trump really believes that we should have, you know, uh, more gun control and things that the NRA are, is comfortable with, he should take on the NRA. Yes. I mean, he should. He, you got to be your own person. Of course. So I have no problem with him taking on the NRA. I have the problem with the substance of what he's taking them on for. Yes. Which is... I mean, I don't think he seems to know it. That was. Let me play the uh, Trump uh, tells t- senators he's a fan of NRA. Change age to twenty-one. This is about um, you know the idea of changing the age of purchasing firearms to twenty-one for uh, for long guns. Uh, listen to this exchange. This is with Pat Toomey. And I'm a fan of the NRA. I mean, there's no bigger fan. I, I'm a big fan of the NRA. They want to do right. These are great people. These are great patriots. They love our country. But that doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It doesn't True. make sense that I have to wait till I'm 21 to get a handgun, but I can get this weapon at 18. I don't know. So I was just curious as to what you did in your bill. We, you don't we didn't. We didn't address it, Mr. President. Look, I think you know we, why? Because you're afraid of the NRA. Right? To to me. To Pat Toomey. He, but again, he he's asking Pat Toomey what is in his bill. This is a. This was the biggest piece of the gun debate in the past six years. Why is he walking into a meeting on national television to ask Pat Toomey what's in the bill? I mean, how do you how can you possibly be having this meeting in public if you don't know what Mansion Toomey is? How can you possibly be talking about that? Well, it probably is the same reason why he said what he said about, you know, let's take the guns first. Listen, is he listen what he's saying with uh, uh, with Mike Pence, the due process, due process. Well, in the category uh, you you spoke about, Mr. President, gun violence restraining orders, and they're called California actually has a version of this. And uh, I think you in your meeting with governors earlier this week individually and. And as a group, we spoke about um, about states taking steps, but the focus is 
to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. Allow due process so that no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but all, any any weapons in the position or of that individual. Or take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system, because a lot of times mm -hmm. by the time you go to court, it, it takes true. so long to go to court it's to Chinese. get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of fires. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Oh, my gosh. Mm, yeah, that's not how our <clears throat> So here's what's... It is here's, another system. He's here's right what happened yesterday. This is, you know, the world according to Glenn. Donald Trump walks out with Mike Pence at his side. And he says, Mike, that was a great meeting. Great meeting. I think we made a lot of progress. Sure was, Mr. President. How about that one time, though, when they were trying to lure you into voting for all the gun control measures that they've been pushing for for a long time? You really read that out. And I, I saw what you did there. And that was fantastic. Um, I, why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me, Mike, what you think I was doing? Oh, like when the point when Diane Feinstein was smiling giddily, giddily next to you because you seemed to agree to an assault weapons ban. We know you didn't do that, and I know what you were doing with her trying to to try, trying to show her true colors. <laughs> she proved that, uh, and that's why uh, we're going to get to you that bill that we talked about earlier. Remember the one that doesn't uh, violate the Second Amendment? We're going to get that to you here in just a couple it wasn't minutes. Really um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the one you want to back, right? That's just like we talked about before that meeting, right? Like you're still on that bandwagon. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm still there. Okay. I yeah. thought so. You really, I mean, you've outsmarted them. It, yeah. What happened was that's, you, you I, showed so, true so colors. This, this is what I think happened. Yeah. And now because, you see this morning, Trump is tweeting as if that conversation happened. He's like, well, we got to respect the second amendment. And you know, he's, he sounds a lot more like a Republican president today than he did yesterday. And if that's the outcome of this, it's scary because one of these times it's not going to work. But if that's the outcome, then we're all going to be fine in a couple of weeks. It just it certainly has to make you nervous that he has his instincts are take the guns first. And, and his process. knowledge level is I don't know about the biggest issue in this area. As I stand in front of the entire nation in a public meeting talking with the guy who sponsored the bill that I don't know anything about and accusing him of being afraid of the NRA. <laughs> Uh, like that is it's so incredible you never so I, so someone pointed out on twitter today that, that he sounds at times like the president is a caller on sports radio you know a guy who's just kind of like he knows generally the topics he knows the teams he knows some of the players but he doesn't he's not a, he doesn't know how to run a sports franchise and so that's not i a might good. say that yesterday sounded more like glenn beck calling sports radio <laughs> Your phone calls for the rest of the hour. I just want to hear from you. Speak your mind. I know, you ain't, I know this audience, you're not going to hold your peace, so speak your mind. 888-727-BECK. All right, I want to tell you about uh, a way for you to save an awful lot of money. I have, um, I, you know, I, I try to drive uh, my uh, trucks until the doors fall off. Um, I love my truck. Uh, I've got a couple of them, and uh, one I think is a 2008 and a 2012, and it's hard to believe that they're that, they're that old, that it's like 10 years old already. 
Uh, but they're, you know, they're at the age now where things are starting to go wrong. And I don't want to have to worry about, you know, the fixing something that is going to cost me more than the truck is worth because the truck is still good and I don't want to buy a new one. So I have an extended vehicle service protection from Car Shield, And if you are in the same situation, my my son-in-law, he's the, the guy that they've got an old Jetta and uh, he just had to have a sensor for his uh, uh, ABS system uh, re- uh, replaced. He could go to somebody to do it, but it was the actual the Volkswagen had to have. It were the only ones that could actually install it and encode it. So it was five thousand dollars. So that's more than what his car was worth. If he had Car Shield, he wouldn't have had this problem. Sign up today and get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from the high repair bills. Extend the warranty now with Car Shield. Call 1-800-CAR-6100. 1-800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com and use the promo code BECK and save 10%. That's carshield.com. Promo code BECK. Deductible may apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Let's go to Richard in New York. Hello, Richard. How are you? Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Very good. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Very good. All right. Uh, I'm giving you a call because I, I think the, the narrative needs to change from gun control to people control. I don't think the, the, the government's got it right on this one. Um, I also think that I have two proposed ideas that I think would, would, would resolve a lot of the issues. I don't think anything will be ever fix 100% the issues of gun, of gun violence or any type of violence for that matter. Um, but I think the, the issue should be if we ask our police departments and people in the police department to take a psychological evaluation, pri- a written one, prior to being hired to be on the, on the police department, um, I think that in order to purchase a firearm, you should have to go through the same exact exam. Well, why is that? I think that would take care of the mental illness issue with, with people who are mentally ill It'll also resolve the issue of temporary insanity. What stops a person who has, you know, who's 50 years old, gets fired from their job and goes, buys a weapon and and goes on a mass shooting at their job? You know, the only thing that would stop them is if they had to take an exam that would test their temperament and to see if they're eligible to purchase a firearm. All right. Well, a couple of couple of thoughts with this, Richard. Um uh, first of all, temporary insanity is not insanity. So there's no test for temporary insanity. It's it's something that you you snap. That's why it's called temporary insanity, because something extraordinarily emotional just happened to you and you snap and you wouldn't necessarily be able to test for that in advance. The second thing is, is you're talking about applying a standard that is given to the police department. Well, the police, it's it's not a right to be a police officer. Okay, that's a privilege. That's a job. That's not a right. And and you said something that I thought was was disturbing. I think I understand what you're saying, but um, the key word here is control. You said we got to go from gun control to people control. Well, that's really the same thing. That's why the Second Amendment exists. So someone cannot control the people. So the people can con- control themselves. So if 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 we if we look at this and say, is it a right? See, this is the this is the problem that we're having is we're dancing around the issue. Is my owning a gun a right? If it is a right, 
then I automatically have it. I've been endowed by my creator. So anything that stands between that right and me is unnatural and wrong, according to the Constitution. Anything that happens after I receive that right, then you can do that. So in other words, I have the right to own a gun and uh, I want to you want to test me before I get the gun. No, Uh, you you want to say that there are things in place that if I start to have erratic behavior, you can go in front of a court and constitutionally for my fourth and fifth amendment have due process. You can't just take my gun, but I have due process. Then you can do that. But it's either a right or it's not. It's the same as voting rights. It's a right to vote. So anytime you want to put a poll tax, anytime this was a problem with African-Americans, let, let, well, you got to pass this test to see if you're really able to vote. No, I don't. It's my right to vote. And, and, I, and, I, and I agree with that to a, to a certain extent, but I think if we can put parameters on different events of life of to test you to figure out if you're qualifi- qualified to do certain things, qualified to be a lawyer, just because I go read the law books tomorrow doesn't qualify. There's a parameter. It's not a right. It's not a right. It's not a right to be a lawyer. Right it's not a right to, to be a lawyer. You could do this. You just have to, you have to get rid of the Second Amendment. To yeah, do yeah. I mean, look, it, 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 Richard, this may be what, you know, we end up doing. I hope to God not. And, but I, and I see your reason. Um, however, you, f- to get there, you must deny that owning a gun is a right. And that's where, you know, half of the country is, that it's not a right. Well, it is. And the only way around it is to abolish the Second Amendment, which can be done. We've done it to the, what is it, the 18th Amendment, which was the Prohibition right, Amendment. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you can abolish the Second Amendment. I highly recommend against it. But the only way is to say it is no longer a right. Then you can have all kinds of litmus tests, but not while it remains a right. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Gun control works in other countries. 40% of all guns are sold without background checks. More guns means more murder. Mass shootings are becoming more common. You've heard all these lines a thousand times. Know the facts. Get Control, exposing the truth about guns on Amazon and wherever books are sold. We have a really inspiring update for the Nazarene Fund coming up in about 35 minutes that you don't want to miss and your phone calls as well. I, I, I want to go I want to go off the last phone call that we had, because I think this is really important to um, to have this conversation. And that is what is a right? What does it mean What does the Constitution and the Bill of Rights mean? And the Bill of Rights and and the constitutional amendments are really clear. And and most people most people don't think of it this way. But let's start with the 13th Amendment. Stu, that abolished slavery, did it not? No, it did not. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. No, it no. The 13th Amendment said all indentured servants and all slaves no more. No more slaves. Yeah, it could kind of say that. However, it left an exception out. An exception. An exception. If it's only, it can, you are prohibited from uh, putting someone in involuntary servitude or slavery, except for a punishment of uh, uh, for a crime. We've seen uh, people on the side of the road collecting trash. You've seen this in every, you know, 
prison movie going back the past 100 years. Right. Chain gangs. Chain gangs, right? I mean, this is that is essentially involuntary serv- servitude. Right. It's a form of slavery, it's, if you will. Yeah. You're a slave to the system. You will do and work as the system says, because so the 13th Amendment says there's no slavery or involuntary servitude except, unless right. yeah, or yeah. except yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know the third, third, third amendment, right? Nobody knows the third amendment. It's my favorite amendment. It is mine. It is mine too. <laughs> I don't know why. You shall not be required to quarter soldiers in your home. That's what the amendment says, right? No, it doesn't. No, it says unless unless it's wartime and they pass a law saying they can put quartered soldiers right. in your home. <laughs> so, in other words, you can say uh, you're not quartering these soldiers in my home. And you can hold up the 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 uh, Third Amendment and say, absolutely, that's against the Constitution. They say, no, actually, we're at war, and here's the law we passed. Okay, so there are exceptions, and they're written into the Constitution. Now, most of them don't have the unless, but there is only one that says, and there is no unless. <laughs> there is no exception. And you will not infringe on this. The Second Amendment is the strongest right. Because there is no unless. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the First Amendment, it, it just talks about Congress making laws. You know, it prohibits right. Congress from making laws that will, uh, any law respecting an establishment of a religion, right? Mm-hmm. But as we know, you know, the states still had state, Massachusetts had a state religion when this thing was passed. Right. It, it, there are all sorts of exceptions. The second one is really clear. They seem to make that one really important. Hey, you can't infringe on this one. So the, the reason why you have to understand that this is a right, this is a right and not a suggestion. It is something that according to our system of government, you are born with certain rights. And they can't ever be taken away from you unless there's an exception. But there is one right that says shall not be infringed. So this is a God given right that nobody can take away. If you understand that it is a right first, then you can understand and tie it in other things. For instance, voting, voting. Poll taxes. We all know that that was that was uh, an infringement on a right. You you I don't wait a minute because I'm African-American. I have to pay a tax because I'm African-American. I have to take a test. No, I don't have a test that I have to take. I have a right. Unless it's taken away because I'm a criminal and that's a new addition. So you have a right to vote. We all know they don't spy on you as the default. Well, I mean, now they do because we're violating the, the, the uh, Fourth Amendment. But they don't. we all know the government does not have a right to spy on you. What they have is, a, is no right to spy on you unless they can go to a court and get a warrant because they've proved... There's enough here that we need to follow and spy you, uh, spy on you. So there is an unless in that right. There isn't with voting. 
There isn't an unless. There's just age. There isn't an unless in the Second Amendment. You want all of your rights. Rights are yours by default. What people are talking about now is, no, well, let's make the default you don't get one unless you do this. No, no, no. Rights mean you have that unless you do these things. Yeah, I mean, it goes fundamentally. It's the constitutionalist argument is you're innocent unless you're proven guilty. Right. And the current way of looking at this from the left and others is you're guilty unless you can be proven innocent. Right. That's a huge, massive It's 180 degrees different. That is no longer a right. That becomes then a privilege. Now, with this, we have to talk about responsibilities. If you are not responsible, you lose your rights. And quite honestly, that's why we are losing rights now, because we have shown ourselves irresponsible with those rights. Everybody always says, I have rights, you know. Yeah, 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 I know. But you also, dude, have responsibilities. Let's go to Mike in California. Hello, Mike. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hey, Glenn and Stu. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I just wanted to say the whole thing about the psychological background checks. Yeah. I, for one, don't trust psychologists. And I think a lot of Americans feel this way. The the uh, APA has been completely politicized. Their votes on transgenderism and homosexuality and all that proves it. They, they were political votes, not doing having anything to do with actual data and studies. And I've known, I mean, I've known a lot of people who are messed up people who went into psychology to try to figure themselves out and then they came out with a job you know <laughs> so i mean i thought i had i knew one marriage and family therapist who was bipolar and manic so yeah. i you know there we have to be much you're exactly right mike on this that we have to be really careful uh about anything having to do with uh psychiatric being a default because everything is being politicized now that's why the proposal that the that the right is proposing is that we we have a system to where your family, just like committing people, where your family can come in and say, look, your honor, we need to make sure that he doesn't have these guns because he is a danger. And that's that could have that could have stopped uh, the uh, shooting in Florida would have stopped would have stopped the the parents called and said can you come please take the guns thanks mike jamal north carolina hello jamal hey glenn what's going on this morning hey Stu, let me say this real quick when president trump did what he said about the due process he what he was saying was also was you have liberals that have come out the due process for everything else. This whole Me Too movement was attack on due process. So what he was basically saying is when CNN, MSNBC, and all the mainstream media come after him, whenever he says something, they come after him. So if he get Democrats in the media over at the say, okay, fine, President Trump is against due process. Well, we are supporting due process. So now by them doing that, by them going against him and saying, well, he's against due process, he can't do that. Well, here's the thing. Now what they have done, they have, now they have shut down 
the Me Too movement. They have shut down Black Lives Matter trash. They have shut down some of their main liberal agendas because their main <laughs> liberal agendas are against due process. So, J- Jamal, you are you are way ahead of the game. You are right <laughs> on the money on how due process. Anybody who is against this but for the Me Too movement in the way it's, I mean, to its nth degree, you're exactly right. But I believe beyond that, you are a little wishing and hoping kind of like people were when uh, <laughs> Justice Roberts said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the whole tax people, you know, just to be an honest citizen. <laughs> this is like 67,000 uh, dimension chests we're talking yes, about with yes. Joel. Well, Glenn, I'm going to tell you this. The Republicans, we play checkers while the Democrats play chess, the liberals play chess. I am a Trump fanatic. I love President Trump. I love you guys, too. But here's the thing also. When they have been attacking the Second Amendment ever since 1934, when they passed the the amendment, the law against the cops of submachine gun, that's when they first started doing it. They've been eroding the Second Amendment more and more. They found more reasons to deny you the right to have the second than they do for voting. I I, I support voter ID, okay? Let me tell you this. I support voter ID. I believe it is. The failures in the black community is the failure of the black church. And every time you turn around and come about voter ID, they always want to make it look like it's racism in the polls because the Democrat Party feed that. Now, if they want to sit there and they want to say about the Second Amendment, this is why they can always run to the argument, Glenn, where we, 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 you, you can't have an automatic. You can't have an automatic. The, the liberals and the communists, what they did long ago, was they, they set up a chessboard, because I love chess. They put a pawn in a certain place where you can't bring your knight you can't bring your bishop. You can't bring your queen out at all. You can't do that because that pawn sits right there. So they've been attacked the Second Amendment long ago when they passed in the 1934 when they said you can have the cost of submachine guns. When they said, well, no, no, Americans couldn't be trusted. Then they kept finding ways to chip away with it. Glenn, on my page, I have to debate people all the time because I'm out of Jamal and I have a conservative conservative page. I do videos. But, Glenn, I have to debate people and explain to them. (laughs) Driving a car is not a right. Yes, I know. The Second Amendment is a right. I know. Well, they don't even think the, the the forefathers, Glenn, they don't think the forefathers knew about automatics, but if you do history, they had the puckle gun. The forefathers <laughs> knew right. about automatics. You, yeah, that's right. Jamal, you are, you are spot on, and like I said at the beginning, way ahead of the uh, the average person. Uh, I will correct one thing. It didn't start with the uh, Tommy gun. It, uh, it, it started with Reconstruction. That's when the Democrats uh, first came after the guns and they came after the guns with the African-American community for their own protection. That way they could ride in with the Klan at night. Thanks, Jamal, for your call. Dick, uh, quickly in California. Yes, good morning. Hey. Sir, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, Can we ratchet this back to the original stimulus for the conversation, which happened to be the comments by Vice President Pence and President Trump yesterday? Sure. Um, this whole discussion has come into a, what I call a plate of spaghetti as compared to a waffle. Uh, the, the idea here seems to be, and let me tell you where I'm coming from. I flew in the Navy. I carried weapons. I'm a lifer with the NRA, but not because of any 
uh, extreme sensibility to the Second Amendment, which I support. But there are also many other amendments that support the rights of other people Mm -hmm. that are to be protected against someone who has violated the Second Amendment, which this guy did. He Mm -hmm. violated the Second Amendment. And uh, if if we were to look at the comments by Vice President Pence, he says, you know, uh, go to go through the uh, due process to the courts. And President Trump comes in and says, take the guns away. Well, in order for us to take the gun away from that man, we would have had to get a search warrant. Is that not true? Yes. Well, how do you get a search warrant? Do you go to court or do you go to a judge, which is not right? He's a court officer, but it's not going to court. You can get a search warrant in a heartbeat. And that's, I think, where where President Trump was coming from. You get that search warrant based on all of the red flags that came through for, what, two years previously with this guy? So if you're going to do that, (laughs) President Trump is saying shortcut that that system to the law, which is a search warrant, and not go through the due process, which takes a lot no, of No, there's a, there's a difference between a search warrant, um, because that is, that is saying that I can violate the Fourth Amendment, and I can search because we have reason to believe there is something on the premises that will convict you of the crime, that we have enough evidence that we brought to a judge to say, we think we can find this here. That's not to take it uh, uh, to take your possessions away and violate another amendment. You have, for the Second Amendment, you need another procedure, not just a judge. I think we have enough secret courts, quite honestly. Imagine going without food for weeks after a disaster. Finally, a FEMA truck rolls through your neighborhood and drops off a care package. Now, this is what happened uh, recently during the hurricanes. They drop off mostly junk food, potato chips, chocolate bars, even expired MREs. Can you imagine that? That's not helpful. And this is happening because in, uh, I think it was the 18th of December, the, uh, the FEMA came out and said, the head of FEMA, and he said, we, we don't have the resources anymore. In the next real disaster, the American people have to be prepared. Here's how you can prepare. Really easy. One year emergency food supply this week only. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for nine ninety nine. That's a savings of $1,000. That's one year of emergency food supply only at 800-942-2325, 800-942-2325, or preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. We have some really positive and exciting news uh, that is uh, that's coming up after the top of the hour. Really exciting news. Something something that will make you feel good. Aren't you in a mood once in a while just to feel good? Just to be like, okay, no, there's we're never. making we're making some progress some places, and your phone calls are around the corner. Next hour, eight 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 seven two seven Beck. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Remember that gigantic data breach at Equifax last September? I think it was the one that exposed uh, social security numbers, names, and birth dates of over 145 million customers. 
looks like even more sensitive information was exposed than first reported. Documents provided to a Senate committee revealed that tax IDs and driver's license details may have also been accessed. This exposed information that can be used by cyber criminals long after the breach. There are so many threats in today's connected world that it takes just one weak link for criminals to get in. Good thing that new LifeLock identity theft protection adds the power of Norton security to help protect you against your threats and your identity to your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. And no one can stop all, uh, every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might miss. Go to LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code BECK for 10% off your first year. It's promo code BECK for an extra 10% off. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn. President Trump is criticizing the Attorney General Jeff Sessions again. Yesterday, he wrote a, well, I was going to say memo, but it was more of a tweet, just calling, just calling him disgraceful. The situation was disgraceful that, that Sessions is using the Justice Department's Inspector General to investigate the potentially massive FISA abuse in the Russian investigation. Wait, it's disgraceful that we're using the Inspector General? That's the system. Trump apparently didn't like that the Justice Department lawyers were not used uh, were not used for the probe instead of the IG. The inspector general is looking into whether FISA standards were abused when the FBI first started investigating Trump and his campaign associates uh, and their possible ties to Russia. The Nunez memo alleges that the FBI misled the FISA court to obtain a warrant to monitor Carter Page. Referring to the inspector general, Trump wrote, isn't the IG an Obama guy? Later, House Oversight Chairman Trey Gowdy released his own statement defending the inspector general. Gowdy says he, quote, has complete confidence in him and hope uh, he has uh, given the time, the resources and the independence to complete his work. End quote. Trump has taken issue with Jeff Sessions on and off for almost the whole time since he's been in office. Rumors that Sessions will be fired seem to surface at least once a month. Usually Sessions keeps his mouth shut and and absorbs the blow, but not this time. He issued a statement, not a tweet, a statement that said, We have initiated the appropriate process that will ensure complaints against this department will be fully and fairly acted upon if necessary. As long as I'm the attorney general, I will continue to discharge my duties with integrity and honor. And this department will continue to do its work in a fair and impartial manner according to the law and constitution, end quote. I think that sounds like he might have been a little irritable when he wrote it. Maybe Sessions is finally getting tired of the abuse. Ever since Sessions recused himself heading the Russia collusion investigation, he has been Trump's punching bag. It's strange because Sessions has been a staunch Trump supporter from the very beginning. It's also weird because Sessions has even offered to resign, but Trump hasn't taken him up on it yet. At this point in the marathon Russia investigation, what President Trump's think what President Trump thinks he stands to gain by tweeting criticism of Sessions and the Inspector General is anyone's guess. But regardless, it's just not helpful. It's Thursday, March first. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. 
we come to you with good news uh, and p- partial good news. I know I thought we were going to announce something else. We have a couple of good things, but I thought we were going to announce something else today, uh, an accomplishment. But uh, it has led us down a deeper rabbit hole that we need to hold our cards close to our vest here uh, for a little while. But I want to welcome Tim Ballard. He is the CEO of the uh, Nazarene Fund, founder and CEO of Operation Underground Railroad. And Dave Lopez, who's the director of operations for the Nazarene Fund. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. Thanks, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having us. So let's start with uh, let's start with the good news. Well, we uh, last week we talked about the movement of 320 Christian Yazidi um, uh, victims of, of of ISIS who we were moving out, and and I think that Dave didn't that include like 20 slaves yeah, that we tw- were 25 former slaves of ISIS is in that number. Okay, and how are we? We are great. We are um, over 80% done getting them out. And, and these stories are amazing because we are we get to interview them. And we have an interview that we're, that we're going to show that you're going to be able to actually air uh, in a couple days. Okay. Um, but the people that, that, are, that are out and the ones that are ready to start talking, I mean, unbelievable stories. There's, there's, this, there's this case of one girl who was, was passed around, sold 16 times, different ISIS fighters, different ISIS commanders. Uh, just horrifying things. She actually tried to kill herself at one point, jumped out of a window. Mm. Um, a slave trader who had mercy at, during one of these exchanges told her to go to this Christian group, which ended, they ended up, ended up bringing her to, to the Nazarene Fund. Um, I mean, and these You've are the, got to be kidding it's, me. It's, it's um, yeah, we're, a, we're, slave, a slave trader? What? I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't think that he would have mercy. Something happened. Who knows what happened? Yeah. But he said, you know what? Run that way. And, wow. and 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 so now we we have her and and with these other hundreds that we're bringing over we're, we're preparing the way for them to go into australia as you know and yeah. we're so excited to take you out there and see them as they get into their new homes um and, and hear i've these heard stories. that uh, is it true that i've heard a television show is and don't say the name of it because i don't know if it can be but that there's a television show, a, a major television show, that's going to be going to Australia to welcome them, the unrelated to us and everything else. Have you heard that? No. Oh, no. okay. Uh, yeah, there's a major TV show that has heard about the Nazarene wow. Fund and said, I want to know about this, and <laughs> I want our audience to know about it. It's really cool. It's great. No, yeah. It's going to be great, great, yeah. great. These are just amazing stories. Um, you remember the story. You've, you've, you've told this one about the, the, the Christian fighter who was killed and left behind uh, four daughters, his wife. Yeah. And they put his body and you know, displayed it behind the church. ISIS did, and, and and the Nazarene Fund went in and extracted this this family in the dead of night, um, got them into safety. They're safe now, and they are about to make their trip into Australia. Hmm. And, and so they're just all. It's just it's just amazing. It's just so much light and and hope. So that, I, we have, and I know this is radio, but we, you have footage from we were. Last time you were here, and I don't want to get into all the dark stuff, but we were talking about what ISIS is doing with organ harvesting, which is terrifying, and they're just <clears throat> snatching these kids. It's my understanding that this video, and you'll describe it on radio, but this video was uh, w- w- was taken because we were actually uh, we were doing reconnaissance on one of these makeshift hospitals. Dave, is that that's, right? That's right. We were we were in the area looking for. We were having interviews with witnesses, um, people that eyewitnesses accounts of, of, of organ harvesting. We're also uh, looking into a few different areas 
where it was being done. That's the whole point of what's going on up in, in around Raqqa. And the devastation that you're going to see in this video is immense uh, just from, from the war. And, and then you're going to also see what, what happens with the, after this explosion goes off and what are, how brave our people are. Okay, so these are Nazarene Fund uh, operators. operators. Yes, correct. Okay, correct. go ahead and roll this and describe it here. What are we seeing? Okay, so this, these are our guys, and they're just they're just scanning the area, place. showing the terror, having no idea what's about to happen. Any child in this area is exposed and vulnerable to being taken for organ harvesting, and they know that. And they see a child right there. You see the mom and the child holding. They're holding hands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're watching this scene, like oh, I hope they get out of here. This is not a safe place for them to be. Now, what you're gonna now see is that they walk behind a building, and there's. Uh, an explosion, an, an improvised explosive device that was just sitting there. It could have been a, a leftover, uh, unexploded probably ordinance, leftover. probably from the Syrian government. That um, when when the there showing was right going there. on, this is yeah. There Boom. we go. And the There's mom the is instantly killed. The child, who's about five, six, seven years old, is not is hurt, and now an ex extremely vulnerable. This is the exact situation that the, that the organ harvesters are looking for. Don't be afraid. There's nothing serious. Is there anybody inside? Where? Um, that's the child? That, yeah. That's just the child. Yeah, they're just talking to the child now, right there. Don't uh, be afraid. Don't now, these be afraid. are our operators who see this, and far from running away, they run right into the danger. Snatch this is up our that guy? Child. That's yeah. our guy right there holding the baby and taking that child out. Because this child is now completely alone and vulnerable to the, to the organ harvesters. And, and we now, that's our guy getting him out, getting her into, into a safe place. And she's, she's safe and she's healing. She just lost her mother. And, they oh just, my and to catch that on camera was just, I mean, they were just, they had obviously no idea this was about to happen. Oh my God. It's hard to, for people to understand just how difficult the situation is and what our people are doing there on the ground and how brave they are. And not just to be able to do what they're doing there, but the logistics to be able to have the relationships with the Australian government to keep the vetting process for getting Australians people out. have been remarkable amazing. with the amazing, disease. amazing. They're really remarkable. So amazing. I mean, people just don't know this. That these countries have taken a lot of heat because they're taking in, you know, the e the EU, especially over in in Europe. The EU is just pushing everybody and saying you have to take refugees. There's no vetting or anything. That's right. These are all vetted. They're Christians and Yazidis that have been coming under attack. Right. And, and and the reason that it's working is because the Australians trust the Nazarene Fund. Because the Nazarene Fund, we are in there vetting every single person to make sure they have background checks done. We know who they are, what their background is, what their history is. The last thing we want to do is send a, a, a threat into yeah. another country. And these guys are not there to change Australia or anything else. Mm -mm. Some are going to stay, but the, the majority that I know of, and tell me if you th find this true, want to go back home. They don't. They they are literally the Christians of the Bible. They're the first ones that you saw the apostles go and convert. Um, these were the ancient Jews that became Christian, and they know it. We're th we're that legacy. We can't leave that part of the world. And we are encouraging them to go back. Uh, now that now that ISIS has been pushed out, so many want to go back. We are facilitating not only moves to Australia, but we're facilitating the transportation of these people back into their Christian communities to rebuild. So we are doing that as well. That may sound confusing to some people that don't understand. That's a geographical situation. So there's certain areas where people still need to be getting out. There's other areas where they're able to start going back. It might be confusing to the listener, to someone that doesn't understand some of these things, but it is a very 
intricate situation, but these are very these people are very prideful of, of in a good way of where they're from. Um, and they're not, you know, that even though it's been devastation, it's been, it's been torture, it's been war, it's their homeland. And so I don't think the majority of these people, even in, in, you know, in Australia, wherever they've gone, they see this as temporary and that they want to go back. Where's that little girl now? She's in, she's in our, one of our shelters or healing centers. Very, very safe. She's getting, she's getting therapy. Everything we're getting, we're getting everything she needs to to be able to I mean, fully heal from that experience. Yeah, I mean, she was just I mean, just to watch them. There's a mom and daughter just a, a f- in the a morning away from her mom. Yeah, yeah. and, and get, to get a sense of that, that area too before anything happens, it's just the entire. It's like a flattened city of cement. It's just I mean, it, there's, there's nothing. Mark, there. There's almost nothing standing how there much, before this happened. How much of Iraq and Syria are like that now? <laughs> Many parts, many parts of Syria. Syria has some, I mean, Iraq and Syria near the border. There's tons of cities that are just devastated. And we know that in Haiti, the biggest problem, I mean, you know, they're picking, I think it's avocados, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you get the avocados and the bananas from the Dominican Republic. A lot of those are, are picked by Haitian slaves, kids who are labor slaves now. And it's because mom and dad were killed. Uh, in the earthquake yet another reason to not eat avocados <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know like i needed another I reason they're but, terrible uh, squishy but, things but you know the same <laughs> thing is the same thing is is happening uh here in 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 syria and iraq these kids are so vulnerable i mean i don't even know as a kid what would you do there's nothing there yeah and it's it's whenever there's a, a, a national uh, a, a natural disaster of any kind of earthquake whatever war the kids are the ones who are forgotten and like you said they are so vulnerable there's mm. hundreds of thousands of children in haiti like you just pointed out who came from the the earthquake the traffickers rushed in harvest day for them they pick them all up they're they're grieving over their parents dead bodies as the traffickers are swooping them up we just arrested one of them we, we talked about a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. who was doing that and we we found her victims um but this is the part her Victims, her victims. This is this is uh, the the Francian. kingpin trafficker Francian. Francian. They call her Cho. Oh, oh, yeah, in, yeah, in back in, in Haiti. Haiti, back okay. in Haiti, okay. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing we always, all of us, the world needs to be aware of when, when these catastrophes happen, whether it's man-made wars or earthquakes or or uh, you know storms. This is when the the traffickers come in, and we have to be there to defend those kids right away. Can you give me any any? Any good news on the harvesting thing? Is there any? Or are you? Uh, when? When do? You, when? When will you be able to tell us something? <laughs> we will next time we come on. I believe it will be about two weeks out, and we'll be able to present uh, some some more uh, footage. Some, some more. Uh, there'll be footage. Um, there's been another. There's been another rescue that we're still waiting on releasing. Uh-huh. Um, but our teams are busy. Um, there's uh-huh. some. There's some very high stakes things going on right now because the the. The more you you prod and poke this this bear, the the more dangerous yeah. it, it gets. And so, do they know us yet? Do the bad guys know us there yet? We don't. You know, this is one of the I know things. You're not wearing it, t-shirts. You over know, there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. As far as our teams and our people, no, no, Good. not at all. And that's that's the way we're going. to They know it. that somebody's coming for them, though. It's it, we're, it's becoming. We're, we're guessing that they're probably starting to get Good. an idea of it, but that's some that's the part of the risk that we yeah. We, Guys, thank you very much. Now, listen, here's how you can help. If, if, uh, if you just want to get involved, you can pray. 
And, you know, thoughts and prayers don't mean anything. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they really do. We'd like both your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, and you can pray for the safety. And, in fact, I, I ask if you would pray every night as a family for not only the people that uh, are, are involved that we're trying to go and rescue, but also the rescuers themselves, uh, because these are really brave people. But also, we would like you to be uh, an abolitionist. Everybody can say, oh, you know, the founders, they whatever, whatever. What are we doing right now? What are we doing right now? Please get involved and uh, be a part of this heroic and historic movement. And you can find all the information at uh, the Nazarene Fund dot org. The Nazarene Fund dot org. Also, uh, uh, our uh, give me your web address for oh, you are rescue dot org. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are rescue dot org. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Glenn. Thank you. Appreciate Glenn. it. Thank you. All right, stock market going up and down, um, wild swings in Bitcoin, the turmoil in Washington. If you are reading anything at all uh, for the economy, you know that two things are happening and they, they coincide. Uh, one, our dollar is losing value. Since 2016, the dollar that you had has lost 11, is it 11%? Yeah, 11% of its value. That's incredible. In the last 18 months? So that's not good. Why is that happening? Inflation. So how do you solve that? Interest rates. They got to go up. What does that do? That destabilizes the, the stock markets. It also destabilizes the economy and slows things down. So we're in this loop now that we knew was coming and it could get really bad. Hopefully it doesn't. But this is why gold had its best year since 2010 uh, as of January, as of uh, December of last year, and then has gone up a hundred bucks in the, in the first few months or the first few weeks of this year. Right now, gold line is offering, uh, I think it's, what is it? 800, $750 in extra coins, in free coins, when you purchase $25,000 or more using their industry-leading Express IRA program. So spread out your risk. Look at your 401k. Look at your IRA. You can buy it through your IRA, which is really smart to diversify right now. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Find out how you can diversify and get this special. Call them now, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Well, this is helpful. Looking at CNN and the the Chiron, the the, the thing that they put at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Trump stuns on guns, says some quote in GOP are petrified of NRA. Perfect. Thank you. That's helpful. Uh, let me go to Wayne in Virginia. Hello, Wayne. Welcome. Good morning, Mr. Beck. And thank you for taking my call. You bet. I am a, a family who has a very similar situation as what happened in Florida. All the police calls, all the drop balls by the <coughs> Child Protective Services, the whole entire nine yards. He's exactly the same age as that young man. And there, there is absolutely nothing in the system. And I know you care about due process as well as I do. Gun owner, veteran. <coughs> Excuse me. Where do we turn? So, so the system, the system, sure, is not set up to protect 
my life. Correct. Okay, so so, so Wayne, so late, hang on just a second. What I'm for is what has been proposed uh, that is giving you the right, you and your wife, a right to go in front of a judge and say, judge, you've got to protect us. You have uh, we, we have to have him uh, uh, taken uh, for psychiatric treatment or the guns taken away. You have to have that right as parents. I'm for that. But that's still due process. Okay. Six years. No, Six no, but we're not. Of, right, this I know is that. A new, this is, this this is would new. Be a new this proposal. Is, uh, it's, you know, it's call. It's basically um, something that they're discussing be, a, a, after this tragedy. It's something that they have a place in a couple of states that, that it can move a lot quicker than this. It's, it's definitely not supposed to be a six year process. Yeah, no, no, no. And Wayne, we're with you uh, on being able to move this and move quickly. I understand the process is screwed up. I, I got that. We, we learned that from Florida. Look what happened. How many red flags do you need? So I'm for that. There just has to be some sort of due process. Uh, and it can't be a bunch of red tape. It has to be an emergency red flag like a restraining order. I go in front of a judge. I make my case. I get that order. We move on. Glenn Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. So in the last 48 hours, man, Donald Trump has got to be tired. I mean, there is there. He has had a rough 48 hours. A White House communication director, Hope Hicks, resigned. John Kelly, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump are fighting. Uh, these are just the stories in the last 48 hours. Robert uh, Mueller is looking into Donald Trump's financial maneuvers. Uh, Trump publicly attacked Gen- uh, Je- Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, then there was the whole gun debacle yesterday. Hicks testified before House Intelligence Committee uh, saying that she had to tell white lies in service of Trump, which is really misleading. We'll get to it in a little while. Washington Post said four foreign countries had assessed Kushner was vulnerable uh, Josh Raffel announced that he was leaving the White House. It's a big loss, too. Uh, really big. Really big loss. Uh, ben Carson uh, has spent $31,000 to replace the furniture in his office. There was a five or $6,000 chair. <laughs> wow. Well, see, you, know, you, you got to spend 5000 to get a, good, a decent chair. That, that, right? that, that is, is a quote. quote. That's, That's a, a quote. A reported quote. We yeah. don't know if it, you know. Um, <laughs> let's see. The Interior Department resigned um, because of a series of anti-gay, anti-Muslim comments. Um, Not the entire Interior Department. It was one member of the Interior Department. But and yes. I hope it's the one that said, this chair is beautiful. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the list goes on and on. It was a bad day. Bad day. Yeah. Um, but... When you ask Kellyanne Conway, no, it was another great day, another red letter day in the in the stellar history of this administration, and some of it is pretty stellar. Here, yeah, no, that's true. Some of it, yeah. Can we play the audio of uh, Kellyanne? Here's Uh here's Kellyanne's. What did the president mean exactly by that? Is he ignoring the Constitution and taking someone's property before due process? No, not at all. And the president respects the Constitution, including the Second Amendment and the five million or so members of the NRA who are law-abiding, peaceful gun owners. Um, What the president is saying is, in light of Parkland, he made very clear that he said 
as we're talking about this person in Florida. In light of Parkland, everybody is so frustrated, Maria, at the breakdown in the system and the fact that this individual was known to local law, law enforcement, federal law enforcement. This individual was all over social media showing off his right. firearms, threatening to do exactly what right. he ended up doing to many different, <laughs> threatening, making the threats in the presence of many mm. different people. And so with that as our backdrop, which let's be honest, is what spurred this conversation in the first place over the last 15 days. Let's be honest. With that as a backdrop, the president is saying that sometimes the processes take too long. He's talking about a case such as this, which we hope is an extreme case. Which so but I don't we, understand what she's saying. She's just a great. It's a very tragic, wait. if not avoidable case. Yeah, but I almost feel like yesterday he was trying so hard to appear that he is willing. He's going to be in the middle of the road. He's willing to make changes to, to answer the upset over the school shootings. But doesn't he have to be careful not to step on due process? This is America, the Constitution. And what he said, I, I almost feel like maybe it was for the cameras. And he, I mean, you're saying he didn't mean that. No, I didn't say he didn't mean that. No, no, Maria. Oh what I gosh. said is the third time due process, blowing is, off due process. <sighs> it's the third time I'm going to say it. This is in response uh -huh. to that shooter yeah. in Parkland. Oh, 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 okay. She's blowing, he's blowing uh, off due process because, because it's in response uh, to something. Of course we should excuse right. it. So what he's saying is, is there is an emergency, and let's not waste this opportunity to a, a fix crisis? something. Yes, yeah, a okay. crisis. The I mean, president it, made it very clear yesterday that he supports everyone's unique position on the Second Amendment. <laughs> 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 That's what Kellyanne... Uh, Donald Trump could say the, the earth is flat, and you could ask Kellyanne if he said that, and she'd say, no, absolutely not. What the president was simply saying is that there are some flat surfaces on the earth, like Kansas and the Bonneville Salt Flats, but he didn't mention any specifics. And the edges of the ocean. <laughs> it's yeah. agonizing, but that's her job, right? She just, she has to. Yeah, it's her, it's her job, but I, I will tell you, you know what was disturbing to me last night in reading, uh, I read both left and right. And with an exception of a couple on the right, uh, there was no discussion. Uh, it was all about politics. There was no discussions about the Constitution. There was no horrified reaction, especially on the left. No horrified reaction from the left on no, he's no. talking about a violation of the Bill of Rights. Because I know and not just Second Amendment. Right, because we know they yeah. hate the second one, but the, it also violates the fourth and the fifth. Uh, they should be at least be upset about that, right? <laughs> no. No, they're not. No. And, uh, and so how do you expect this is the problem with the president saying things like this? You know, that gets out into the system and then people think, well, there's he can do stuff like that. I actually heard Republicans <clears throat> saying and Trump supporters saying, I like what he said. Wait, what? You like what he said? That you got to take the guns? I like I like to take the guns first and then we'll work out the questions later on. That it's the antithesis that is a dictator. of our system. Yeah. That's a yeah. dictator. Yeah, there's a fair point, you know, to be made that perhaps he just didn't mean it. Again, he's not well no, versed. She in just yeah. said, yeah, "I but, had that hope until right, she just got on and said, no, that no, he means it.' Like th there is nothing 
of less value in the universe than a sentence spoken by Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> okay. Like, in, there's right. nothing you can take. Why she keeps going on television, why they keep putting her on television. Yeah. I mean, we all know. And this is not even, it's not specific to her. It's the same thing with any generic spokesperson. No, but I, but I, but, but wait, from, but wait, from, from wait, any wait. administration, of course they're going to just say whatever benefits their, you know. But wait, that should not benefit. <laughs> they, that shouldn't benefit. If, if, if we po- are, if the party mm-hmm. is still the party, if it ever was, of the Constitution and the rule of law and due process and no dictatorships, then she, what she said is really important. Because what she said was, no, 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 we've had time to think about it and talk about it at the White House. And he meant that. That's what's scary yeah, to me, because you could the next day say... What they used to say with Obama all the time. The president spoke inartfully in the heat of the moment. Yes. That's not what he meant. What he He meant was, you know, X, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're saying. Yeah, but they can't say it. They can't I say don't know that because why. they used to. But, they said it all the time under Obama. He but, uh, spoke. He misspoke. But, no, but he that's spoke a, but, Oba, yeah, but I think the thing is that Obama is just a totally different guy. If you say Trump made a mistake, you get fired. I, that you is get true. yelled at. You get tweeted I about. I mean, look at the guy. The guy yeah. who um, the person under Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Came out and did his first uh, conference right after. Uh, this is a couple. I'm trying to think of how many. Uh, crazy events this was ago, but came out and said, oh, it was the Porter thing. Uh, Rob Porter, he came out and he you know, had these domestic violence things and they didn't catch it right away and then they caught it and they still didn't fire him and then they came out and the pictures came out and then they blew him out of there, right? So uh, he came out and he's like, makes a very, very limited statement of like, look, of course we could have handled that a little bit better, but this is blah, 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 blah. Got lit up for it. For saying, of course, we could have handled it a little bit better. You can't admit yeah. fault. However, and when that gets however, taken off the table, you can't that, do it. This goes against what mm-hmm. you and I talked about that we speculate happened. And that is, as soon as he got out of there, the same people that really know the policies and everything else yeah. went, Mr. President, no, 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 no. This, you, you don't understand uh-huh. um, yada, yada, yada. And, uh-huh. then, and then they always As go they back. did on his stance on abortion. And, and on DACA. And DACA. They came out and said, that's not what the president was talking about. They're not he saying said, that this time. They're not. They're which not. Is, which is truly chilling to me. It well, but should I mean, be. His and tweet this morning, though, cares. indicated a step back for the second amendment not due process uh, yes that's true but he's never going to admit he what he said was wrong there's never going to be a moment where he said the due process thing obviously i didn't mean it the way it was taken he's always going to stand by every position he's ever held so he has to find a way to navigate even when they're opposite yeah even when they're opposite but the I, i think the defense of trump here is don't listen to a word he says. Wait for the policy to actually happen, because when the policy actually happens, it'll probably be fine. I think that is the defense of if you're a Republican, if you're a Trump supporter, and you're thinking, you know, how do I navigate through this? It's not to just excuse every word he says like Kellyanne Conway does, right? It's just to find mm. a path to... If you believe, so, it'll turn out fine. If right. you believe that. If you let believe me, that. Let me, Which, take, let, me, let me take this call from uh, Sandy, because I've explained this once uh, today, and, uh, and Sandy would like it. Well, go ahead. Sandy, what, is yes, you, hello. what are your okay. thoughts? Hi, thank you. Uh, my thoughts are that uh, the, the call about the test that the police have to take to qualify to carry a weapon, I think, is an excellent idea. Uh, and the reason being is that uh, I agree with you. We, I, I'm a big Second Amendment supporter. I think that right is very important. 
we're all born with that right, but it doesn't mean we all qualify to have that right as far as actually live it out. I mean, yeah, we have no, no, it does. No. Really physically and mentally handicapped people that don't have that right. We have age parameters right now that qualify the right to bear that bear arms. I, I don't see anything wrong with giving a mental health test to people ahead of time to right. see if that... To every single person who tries to buy a gun? To everybody? I, I think we have to sit down and discuss how to handle that. I think that's yeah. a good starting point. That well, it's giving Sandy, a lot of power to the government. To yeah. take Sandy, right away. Sandy, first okay. of all, you need to get a new phone because you're beginning to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. We <laughs> <You> barely <laughs> understand you. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you want to have that discussion, that's fine. But let's be honest about that discussion. Uh, because cool. when you say, I'm a big Second Amendment fan and I believe in rights, you you what follows that does not match those statements um you can say look i believe that you um should be able to protect yourself and you should be able to buy a gun but there's some things that you have to do that's different than our rights are given to us by god and unless you disqualify, unless you've done something to where the people say, uh, no, you should not have that gun, you start at the default of a right means, you start at the default of this is my, th- this is my right, I get this. For instance, that's why driver's license, that's not a right. You have to take a yeah, test. It's not a right. But why do we do it with the police? Then why do we put the police? Because it's not a right to be a police officer. No, they're carrying a weapon. They're taking a psychological test to be a police officer, not not to carry a weapon. weapon. Well, but that's a big part of being a police officer. No, but that's not why they have. You can carry a gun and have a concealed carry permit and not be a police officer. Yes, it is a big part of being a police officer, but the bigger part is knowing the law and being able to arrest people and help solve and prevent crimes. That's the bigger part, not the gun. I've actually heard that point. I think think the right to have a gun uh, above all our rights uh, is, is this right above all that has the ability to take away life is something we need to really seriously look at. Okay, so Sandy, then that's where you have to start your argument. You don't don't yeah. start with I, I love the second, the second amendment, amendment because that's not the second amendment. Yeah, start with you that need when to repeal say, the second amendment and here's why. <laughs> yeah, I want to repeal it <laughs> and we need to have a discussion on on who gets guns. By the way, it is not above all. It's second. It's second. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, that's our first amendment. Our second amendment is the right to keep and bear arms. And our founders believed if you abolish the Second Amendment, all other amendments and all other rights will be lost. You may not agree with it. I happen to. I'm a student of history. And I see that the biggest the the biggest offender of of uh, the misuse of firearms are governments out of control on their own unarmed populations. No doubt about it. How would that work, too? Would you have a psychiatric clinic at every Cabela's? <laughs> I, can you imagine? <laughs> do that. Can you imagine how a psychiatric uh, thing could be uh, uh, misused and manipulated? Oh, the military like people crazy. that would be counted out from being able to own guns when they come back because they have yeah. PTSD or I mean, something like that. You know, look, there there were people that said, you know, you have a God given right to bear children. 
you can you can bear children. And, you know, there's a lot of people that shouldn't shouldn't have children. There was only one group of people that said we should test and, and make sure that we choose as a society. And the, Canadians, right? The Canadians <laughs> no, they were that? the progressives. Oh, they were the progressives. Oh, yeah. And that led huh. to eugenics. You know, you, yeah. you can make really good, quick cases that you should be the judge of what mm-hmm. rights people should have, but they never end well. Pat Gray Unleashed coming up on the Blaze Radio and TV networks. Uh, I mean... It really, that's a it's an amazing because you can amend the Constitution and not take away the Second Amendment. Just add on a psycholo- psychological test mm-hmm. to qualify for that right. I mean, you you could come up with some way of crafting that, s- but it's it's it, you got to start with the Constitution there. Yeah, no, it's a constitutional amendment, and I would uh, I, I would say that you couldn't add a but if uh, clause to uh, the Second Amendment because of uh, shall not be infringed. I think you have to repeal it and start over again. But you know <laughs> that's. But not even worth talking about. We're not going to do that. We'll be at war before we do that. Um, Imagine taking a car on a 100-day test drive or getting a pair of new shoes and walking around for 100 days to see how comfortable they really are. That's what Casper is doing, giving you 100 nights to to test the Casper mattress in your own home with their 100-night sleep challenge. 100 nights. You're going to get a great night's sleep. Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable and it ships for free right to the door so you you know don't sweat it if you if you don't love it you don't have to put it back in the little box or anything else you just call them and they come pick it up and refund every dime so you have nothing to lose when the choice is to test a mattress by actually sleeping on it for 100 nights or you know going to a store and flopping around in your shoes and your clothes and your coat for a few minutes i think it's a no-brainer take casper's 100 night sleep challenge you're going to love this mattress guaranteed right now just go to casper.com use the promo code beck you'll save $50 on select mattresses that's promo code beck casper.com save $50 casper.com terms and conditions to apply Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the program. Uh, Today at five, we have um, a little lesson on what is an assault rifle? What is it? What is it? Um, Because I'm going to show you some spooky guns uh, that would not be pulled off the shelves you want to ban all assault what okay i can still buy this one and it'll do much more damage that's coming up at five o'clock today also part two of our series on russia a do not miss episode tonight at five then at 5 30 the news and why it matters glenn back mercury